to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who and the Sarah Jane Adventures. I'm Dortmund. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the lonesome Matt. Hello there. Happy New Year, David. Happy New Year, listener. Happy New Year. Long time coming, but here we are. First first episode of the New Year. First episode on the bi-weekly schedule. And... Uh, before we get into this week's uh, topic, Matt, which is, of course, uh, the first episode of Series 2 of the Sarah Jane Adventures, namely, uh, I believe, it, is it The Last Sontaran? The Last Sontaran, yep. Yeah, so looking forward to that. But before we get there, we do have a little bit of um, uh, Wee Big Quiz wrap-up to do, don't we, Ooh, Matt? We do, we do. Do you know what? On all the things I've prepared... Getting ready, knowing we were recording, that wasn't one mm-hmm. of them. So, <laughs> well, I knew we were going to talk don't, about it. I just haven't got the total in front of me. Just don't, don't, don't worry about it, Matt. Because to be honest, I prepared myself a little snack. So whilst you're getting sorted, I can just tuck in if you like. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh God. So, as as uh, long-term listeners will be aware, we've been doing our annual uh, charity. Um, tin rattling session for um, uh, for the year and uh, I decided more or less I, I took it upon myself because I didn't really do a lot the previous year so I thought well, you know what I need to make the effort this year and inspired by the chaotic mess that was Torchwood I decided to make myself a chaotic mess of a sandwich you did, you did. it is sat in front of me uh, to be honest, we've had some issues getting recording this morning, uh, this uh, this evening. Um, so it sat a little longer than I would have liked. Yep. <laughs> um, I think there will be a full breakdown, hopefully, on the social media um, when uh, when this episode drops. Uh, I've shot a video. I need to do a small amount of editing on it, but. Um, uh, for a full breakdown of the ingredients, uh, should we quickly run through them before I tuck in? Uh, yeah, do I'll, I'll yeah. do it nice and quick. So we've got All right, okay. veggie ham, Branston pickle, yeah. a Tunnock's yeah. caramel wafer, cream cheese, mm-hmm. tuna mayo, Frank's yeah. hot sauce, HP sauce, a full cucumber sandwich, Nutella, yes. a gooey mm-hmm. camembert, frazzles, mm-hmm. diced spring onion, Haribo star mix, custard fish fingers, coleslaw hummus, gherkins, a fried egg, and raspberry jam. Now, now as, as you were speaking there, David, I thought mm-hmm. this is the longest in three, probably even more years, that I'd gone without speaking to you, and this is how we're mm-hmm. saying hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we've got, we've got quite a unique relationship, haven't we, Matt? Um, yeah. Now, in the interest of transparency, I want to make clear, I've had to make a couple of substitutions. Couldn't get raspberry jam for love nor money today. Had to make do with strawberry. Flipping it. Um, likewise, struggled to get hold of some Haribo Star Mix, but I was able to find some Tang Fastics, which okay. our mutual friend Greg would appreciate, no doubt. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, other than that, I've managed to stay pretty true to proceedings. The other thing to mention is it's a Sunday. Thomas the Baker's is closed, sadly, and I was ill prepared. So um, I'm not I'm not able to use one of their delicious sandwich rolls. I'm instead having to make do with a miniature stotty um, procured from our local branch of Lidl. Okay. So 
Anyway, all of that other crap is in there. <laughs> it looks absolutely fucking revolting. <laughs> yeah, like... I've waited all day for you to send me a picture of that, and uh, <laughs> it's not disappointed. I, 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 and it's you know, you know when you go to a pub and like they do fancy burgers and it's so big, you're like, how am I even gonna fit this into my mouth? It's like one Very of them just slop. Yeah. Um, so I've got that issue of like, how am I even gonna attempt to take a bite of this? Um, no hands. Hands me out of that. <laughs> Just get, just really get stuck in. But okay, here we go. I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna go for this side here, which has had a lovely bit of uh, egg yolk oozing over it, and I should be able to get a good bite of the the, the tonics, uh, caramel wafer whilst I'm at it as well, and maybe a frazzle if I nudge that across there. Okay, here we go. Are you ready for this, Matt? Because yeah, I'm, it's like I'm not. ASMR. I'm gonna be quiet and listen to the whole thing. Yeah. I, I, I also, I should say, apologies, listeners, if you're at all averse to hearing people like uh eating on microphone maybe just skip this episode <laughs> it's not not the one for you is it okay here we go <laughs> now that silence doesn't fill me with confidence i'm slightly concerned david may have died <laughs> I'm here. Um, okay. First things to note. Tonnock's caramel wafers have no place in a sandwich. I mean, I don't know that we needed to conduct this experiment to establish that, but I, all, I can all say... All in the name of science and discovery, my friend. Def definitively should, should, should not be there. Um... The, the spring onion came through really strongly <laughs> with that first bite and did not mesh at all well with the custard or the egg. Um, an unpleasant experience, but I better soldier on because right. I, 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 I am going to attempt to eat as much of this as I can. Right. Well, whilst, um, whilst you take another bite, this. David, um, yeah. I think since we last spoke... Um, we've had a couple of donations. Obviously, in the last episode, we explained we were winding down collecting for Cancer Research UK. But since then, I believe I'm right in saying we've had two donations. Uh, one from your friend and mine, BT Flibbity Giggard, of £50. Happy New Year, BT. Happy New Year, curator. It's lovely to hear from you. And awesome. we had a donation from Andrew Wilson, who I think maybe the first time they've been in touch with us. Uh, but they said, it's great to see the £1,000 milestone crossed. Um, so, in total, David, this year's Wheelie Big Quiz, grand total, drum roll please, da -da 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 -da, is £1,089.05. Mm. That's a lot. Yeah, it, it's Sorry. like all those people have donated, have paid for you to like go to... Salt Bay's restaurant and have one of his <laughs> lovely steaks, but it's just a big sandwich of awfulness. Just misery. Um, I, I, I hit a tangfastic just there. Ooh. Too, too, too much chewing for a sandwich. Right. Well, too much whilst chewing involved. you take another bite, David, let me explain. 
to our listeners that we're in year three of the Wheel of Big Quiz now. That was the third annual one. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like I've said this every week, but, it, it, you know, maybe people are tuning in. New year, new podcast. Uh, Wheelie Big Quiz number one raised £323. Wheelie Big Quiz number two raised £647. When you add them all together, add in gift aid and things like that, our grand total for all the Wheelie Big Quizzes so far is £2,245, which is incredible. It is. Ooh, ooh. Alexa, like, started Googling that. Ooh. <laughs> So, Uh, obviously, save your pennies this year, listener, because this year we're raising money to have, I don't know, David's, like, colonic, like, colostomy (laughs) bag fitted or something after he's eating this sandwich, you know? Oh, Christ. You know, when Rishi privatises the NHS, we're going to need it. Uh, The bite I just had, Matt, very eggy. It was a very eggy bite. Right, well, David, let's say goodbye to Wheelie Big Quiz for the year. Bye-bye, Wheelie Big Quiz. Okay, now Wheelie Big Quiz is special, David, because Wheelie Big Quiz will be returning later this year, mid-October, as is tradition. However, what won't be returning, David, is Have I Got Who's For You and Let Us Letters, because we like to wipe the slate clean in January, don't we? We do. Gone. Okay, so goodbye old features, and I'll tell you this for nothing, David. <laughs> Meal of the week ain't coming back. It's not going to see the light of day in 2023. Okay. No, it's gone. We, we do I features mean... for a maximum of one year. We retire them. We move on together. Yep. 100% so... agreed. Okay. However, but I understand, can I just David. Say, Go on. So I'm sorry to derail things. I just want to quickly point out that I want to die. <laughs> okay. Just just want that to be very clear to the listeners right now. It, it's a whole I, new tone for the show this year. I'm the mature one, and you're the silly one. I mean, I haven't raised the fact that in the coming weeks I'm going to spend an entire day watching all of class in one sitting for the second time. Yeah. And when we get to mid-February, when we do our Valentine's Day special, me and you are going to kiss... Um, yes, we haven't addressed the kiss, have we? No. But uh, for all those features we've retired, I understand, David, we, we've got something special lined up. Mm-hmm. But we've got wheels in motion. Now, am I right in thinking we're not going to start that till next recording? I nearly said next week, but it'll be a fortnight. Yeah, we, we, need, to, we need to just get things sort of... You know, it's an ambitious new segment. So I think... Okay. If you, we if don't, you we thought don't want Peter this Purvis nonsense on the podcast it. was the biggest thing we were ever going to do, yeah. two weeks' time, okay? You have my word mm. on that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Now, it's been nearly 12 minutes recording. Um, yeah. I, I've got a lot to tell you since last time I saw you. Okay, go for it, because uh, I've, I've got a lot of this nonsense to tackle still. La- last time we spoke, had my car blown up. Yeah, it just happened. Okay. And I don't know whether whether my car had at that point. Okay, well, we both... Um, let, let, let's play higher or lower, okay? How much did it cost yeah. to get your car fixed? Um, a... Um, no, go on. 
I, I'm going to estimate £400. You would be vastly underestimated. Oh, good. That, I feel like we might have had similar experiences. The, what, I, I will tell you, the quote we were given was 500 Okay. And it was higher than the quote. If I told you that this year's wheelie big quiz total wouldn't have paid for my car. Oh. Um, it would have paid for ours, but uh, basically, uh, ours ours was was a nice round of one thousand British pounds. Uh, mine was one thousand four hundred because it turned out oh, my car had just geez. basically broken in two. <laughs> Not ideal, but it, it was fine because the week it was getting fixed, David, I had the worst flu anyone has ever had. It was the most poorly I've ever been in my adult life, and genuinely mm. thought I was going to die. Mm-hmm. At one point, I Matt. contemplated cutting my own legs off. Go on. <laughs> this sandwich. Yeah. Can I talk to you about the sandwich? Yeah, I'm. I'm all ears. I'm all Because ears. I'll be honest, it's it it it's just rather dominating proceedings for me at the moment. It's very hard to focus on anything else while I'm staring this in the face. Um. Couple of things to note. One, it is sodden. At this point, that custard has really just permeated every nook and cranny. Yeah. Um, I've also yet to reach the fish finger. Oh. Wow. <laughs> um, Let me know when you reach like the uh, <laughs> the point of no return. <laughs> oh, God. I don't think this is all going in me. I've got to be honest, but I'm doing my level best here. But I d I don't want to actually be sick on pot. Well, whilst you're enjoying that, David, why don't you tell us yeah. how, how was your Christmas? Oh, I assumed you were going to launch into something that. Oh, I just had a fish fingery bite. Um, That's it, well, it's past the event horizon of the summer. Uh, <laughs> so, my, our Christmas was nice. It was pleasant. Um... The downside, of course, of the car uh, being completely knackered for the duration and living as we do in the middle of nowhere meant that um, we basically couldn't go anywhere or do anything for the majority of it. Which, you know, I mean, it's nice to have a rest, but also maybe it might have been nice to be able to take the dog for a walk anywhere that wasn't just round the block. But... Um, but you know, I, uh, I I can't grumble too much. We we had a lovely time, you know. Mince pies were consumed, much telly was watched, presents were unwrapped. Um, I got a big Finnish gift voucher from my brother. It was very thoughtful of him. Um, yeah, yeah, can't complain really. What about you, Matt? Yeah, it was lovely. Uh, I got a bonsai tree. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah. Um, what else did I get? Just some, like, you know, just general nerdy rubbish. Got some nice shirts off my mum. That was nice. Yeah, all in. Really nice, relaxing break. All right. Okay, Matt. Yep. I've eaten half of this sandwich. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I'm 
I mean, I, I'm feeling such complicated emotions right now, Matt. Yeah. I it, am... If anything, it reminds me of the first time I met you. That day, yeah. we met in a pub, didn't we? For the very first time. Uh, yes, we did. Yes, um, we did indeed. We shook hands and I went, hello, nice to meet you, I'm Matt. And you said, hi, I'm David. And I never do anything by half. I never leave a job unfinished. I'm just bringing that to your attention, David. <laughs> Those were the words I said, were they? Yeah, you said that's actually my family motto. I've got a shield, a crest that hangs above my fireplace mm. with those exact words. Mm. Here's what I'm going to suggest, Matt. Mm-hmm. Because, as I say, um, this experience is... I mean, I'm angry. <laughs> I'm angry with myself. Yeah. And with the listeners for being so generous. No, no, no. <laughs> it's for a good cause. This is the one time we can't blame the listeners for our podcast shortcomings. I'm... I'm, I'm confused. I, I'm, you know... I think... I've, 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 I've alluded in the past on this pod, Matt, to, you know, my younger days mm-hmm. as, you know, something of a, of a, of a, of a, of a pioneer of the avant-garde arts, you know, um, I, 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 you know, basically spent about three, three to four, well, probably more than that, closer to five years of my life, um, dedicating much of my time and energy to rather abstruse and ridiculous performance art. Mm-hmm. And I think looking at this sandwich sat on my nice nice-ish sofa with my nice-ish dog, dog by my feet. Perhaps now is the time to fully accept that I have slid comfortably into middle age and I'm not that man anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a time when nothing would have brought me greater happiness than, you know, pummeling a stake with a hammer in, 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 in some dusty basement to an audience of seven people whilst bellowing the poems of Tristan Zara at the top of my voice. Those days are gone, Matt. (laughs) So, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take one more massive bite of this fucking appalling sandwich. (laughs) And then I'm going to move it into another room of my house before I am physically sick. (laughs) Does that seem fair to you? Yeah, I mean, I'm just making a note of different timestamps because... If ever I was going to recommend people listen to our pod, this is surely the episode for it. We are we are a Doctor Who podcast, by the way. I'm going to record some screens, I think, and just drop them in all the time. Just going, by the way, Doctor Who. We, we will talk about Doctor Who at some point. Honestly, I've got thoughts about the last Zontara that I am eager to share. But... It's been 20 minutes, My... David. I haven't even told oh. you that I got a Doctor Who Blu-ray for Christmas. You haven't? No, I'm excited to hear about that. Right, okay. One more big bite, and then we're putting the sandwich to bed, so to speak. So whilst you do that, 
I'll explain to the listener that as part of a secret Santa that oh. I took part in, thanks for that, David, with some of our various podcast friends, I received a copy of the Blu-ray of a, I think it's a documentary called Doctor Who Am I, which mm. tells the tale of the making of the Paul McGann Doctor Who television movie. So, mm. I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't watched it yet, because I thought probably we'll do it maybe as like a between-season special. Um, but I'm excited to watch it. I've heard nothing but pretty good things about it. So I'm very I'm, interested to watch it. Yeah, at some point in the coming weeks, we're all getting together to do some sort of Skype thing just to so everyone can open their uh, secret Santas and, you know, we're going to play a game guessing who we think got it. If I'm honest, I think Rob from the Cloister Bell got me it because I tell him all the time how much I love Paul McGann. In fact, yeah. I'm going to text Fair. him right now just saying I love Paul McGann. Uh, that, that'll just keep <laughs> me busy whilst you're being sick. Uh, okay, uh, so final thoughts on the sandwich. Yeah. What I mean, um, let me ask you a question, Matt. What do you think was the worst offender? What do you think really? I I think brought the biggest challenge. Possibly the jelly sweets, like the, uh, you know, like when you're chewing mm. a steak that's been you know cooked mm. wrong, and you can just chew it and chew it and chew it. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I think the rest you could probably get an easy bite through, but they're just sort of there. Um, yeah, I mean, the egg probably permeates the flavour of everything else. Yeah, the, the, the egg came through very strongly. Destroys everything in its path. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, all good guesses, but let me tell you, the thing that I think really made it a, the t a, such a toughie is the tuna mayo. Oh, really? Because I, what I've, I've found conclusively here is that tuna mayo should not be paired with any other ingredients. Oh, <laughs> I like a it, tuna mayo with a bit of red onion or sweet corn. Yeah, sure, I will grant you that. But it, 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 it makes an uneasy bedfellow uh, with cheese or ham or... Uh, or anything else, and, and certainly with 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 a tonics caramel wafer, uh, you know, ne never the twain shall meet. <laughs> From this point on, as far as I'm concerned, that might shock the listeners, but no, I'm not. I'm not. This is not a taste experience. I'm 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 keen to return to. Right. Well. Okay. <laughs> I'm so I, on final assessment. Looking at this, I'd say. Two thirds of that sandwich has gone inside of me. Okay, well, maybe we'll have a little bit of a rest whilst we talk about this <laughs> week's episode. And <laughs> you might get a bit of a hankering, a bit of a craving. Uh, to be clear, as well, you know, I, I gave up on having dinner with my family for this. Oh, what did they have? They just had omelettes. Nice, normal omelettes. I had what I like to call the beige buffet for tea. Oh, yeah. You know, where you just cook loads of food, but it's all the same mm. colour. So I had potato smileys, onion rings, chicken dippers, and, like, a little breaded cheese thing. Mm. 
Do you know what we call that in this house? A golden dinner. I've heard it called a golden dinner before. Um, we we call it freezer tapas. Oh, yeah. I like you that. just get all, all the odds and ends left over in your freezer. Bang it all in the oven in one go and people can just pick whatever they want. I've got in my freezer... I mean, this is the most mundane story I'm ever going to tell. <laughs> I've got a bag... I, I highly doubt that, Matt. I've Let's be a... honest. We started with you having a, having a big bill for your car. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got a bag of Tesco's frozen paella because at some point late last year, I was like, oh, I've got a real yeah. hankering for paella. And then I was just like, oh, I'll just buy a mix. But the thing is, it mm. wasn't very nice. So I've subsequently yep. had paella three or four times, but just made it from scratch. I should just yeah. throw out this bag of frozen paella, but I just don't know what. You to definitely do should. <sighs> would do you think it would tolerate? Um, I don't know the frozen paella. Is it just the fish mix that you've got, effectively for it, or no, is there more like, more to it's it? It's got rice and veg and. Oh, it's got the it's got the whole whole shebang. Because I was going to say, if it's just the fish, you know, you could always. Maybe back it, bang it in a fish pie or something. Yeah, I don't know. But... I think what I'm going to have to do is put it in the slow cooker whilst I'm at work, and then like it or lump it, I'm having paella when I get in. Yeah, yeah. Well, I am going to. I, I think it's worth pie. saying we've barely spoken yeah. for a month. Like we we text <laughs> each other Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. This is the sort that of main it. thing we talk about in between pods. So we're just getting it all off our chest. Right. Um, is it time for Letters Letters? Yeah, why not? Ha <laughs> ha! Jokes? No uh, way. Yeah, of course. No way, Sorry, Jose. <laughs> I was distracted there. Right, let me just look at my tick list. Car, flu, Christmas slash New Year. Oh, on New Year's Eve, did you watch the Hooter Nanny? Of course. Okay, good. Uh, wheelie Big Quiz. Did Did you? Quiz. Or have I just or have I just talked on pod about how that's all I ever do for New Year's? Uh, we made a conscious effort of, like, we are not watching the Hooter Nanny. New Year's mm. Eve, we are not watching the Hooter Nanny. But all the good TV finishes at half ten. Yeah. Like, I looked on BBC whatever, and it was just some other guy singing. I thought, oh, well. Might as well watch Jules play a boogie-woogie piano over something. Yeah. Um, Right, and then Retired Features is the last thing on my list. So, David, it's time for the last Sontaran. Excellent. Bear with me just one moment, Matt. Um, I think I'm going to transfer to my desk upstairs just bear with me one moment you right, love do you need anything no I'm fine thanks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right I don't know whether you leave do you, do you tend to leave these in the edit or not when I, when uh, I from downstairs it depends downstairs? like if it's a long walk I cut it out if there's a little yeah. funny bit like that I leave it in but I always make yeah. a conscious effort to edit out everybody's names. Yes. Yeah. Well, so I appreciate that, Matt. You know, I like my anonymity. To be honest, I'd probably... 
I probably just uh, maybe should have picked a pseudonym for the podcast yeah. <laughs> before recording. You know, I've 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 got works published in in like obscure uh journals and things under about six different pseudonyms so <laughs> it would have been ab- about uh about standard for me there we go it's you tell you what is what i'm having difficulty assessing at the moment matt i mean it's early doors we'll see how the next 24 hours treats me but i'm not sure whether it is the the physical or the mental toll that that has been the biggest burden <laughs> through this experience. I mean, I, I, I to be clear, I, I do feel physically unwell at the moment, oh, and, and and I did have to stop because because otherwise, I think I, I genuinely would have would have done myself a mischief. <laughs> um, but um, but also just just traumatic. I never thought I, I'd I'd experience a traumatic sandwich. <laughs> and yeah, here we are. You learn something new every day. Yeah, not a bad band name though. Traumatic what, sandwich. Traumatic sandwich. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I'm make it Might keep that in my back pocket. Mm. Yeah. Right. Uh, right, okay. That's on Tarim. Should we talk about it, Matt? Yeah, tell me what you thought of it. It was alright. I don't know if it's because we haven't recorded in a while and I was more excited to talk to you than anything else. But mm. I had a pretty good time with this. I think the best thing I can say is there wasn't... I mean, I've picked one, but there wasn't a series of really stupid bits. It, I mean, no. Let, let's be honest, it's better than Torchwood. Like, no. this, this has got me back on track. Like, I want to go weekly again. Screw Fortnite, <laughs> David. Right? Like, I had a great time. I was excited. Yeah. Um, so, That's... yeah, I, I think this was pretty solid. Yeah, um... Yeah, I would agree. I this to me felt like standard mid-tier RTD yeah. episode. You know, it's it it's it's not it's one of those knocking it out of the park um blaze of glory type episodes, but by the same token yeah, as you say there's there was nothing that really stuck out as like egregiously bad about it or anything. Um, but I are think... we going to be talking about it in four months' time? I think not, especially about no. It yeah, I think I think as well. It's worth remembering when this aired. This would have been only the second Sontaran story on TV in the twenty first century. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas I think subsequently, you know, we've had we've had Strax uh, as this just kind of kind of rewrote the rule book on, on how entertaining a Sontaran can be. Um, and more recently, we had uh, War of the Sontaras in Flux, which I think a lot of people, myself included, would say is probably the best Sontaran story we've had on TV in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. So the bar has been set considerably higher 
subsequent to this story. Um, but having said that, I did like this. I like that it, it worked as a kind of epilogue to um, the Sontaran two-parter from Series 4. This, I, I'm glad you said epilogue, because this felt more like a final episode of Series 1 than it did a first episode of Series 2. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, for, for one obvious reason, um, you know, which is that they they appear to be writing out Maria in this. I mean, I, I don't know whether they actually are or not. I, You know what? I was tempted, Matt. I was really tempted. And if I was watching this on my own bat, I definitely would have done this to, to look up whether this actually was her last episode or whether it's just setting up a series arc. I'm glad you said that. I I I don't know that. I haven't checked that. Mm. But I I googled why she left. I was like, did they right. write her out because she was a poorly received character? You know, because we had that with Chelsea in episode one of series one, where they yes, just, yeah, all of a sudden she just wasn't there. Um, and it turns out it was just the girl that was playing Maria was doing their GCSEs. Ah, oh, fair twos. So, like I say, I, I, mean, I, I genuinely don't know whether she's coming back. I just wanted to see whether she'd been, like, written up. Yeah. Because... I mean, because, yeah, uh, GCSEs aren't forever, are they? So, um, yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they move forwards with things. Um, anyway, shall we, shall we get into the, the nuts and bolts of this one? Yeah, so this is the last Sontaran. It's the first... Uh, serial story from series two so it's episode one and two and they were both broadcast back to back on the 29th of september 2008 ah interesting i mean it's i guess they produced it expecting to to, to follow the same broadcast pattern as previously but it seems a bit weird to just have two 25 minute episodes well, i think back it, to back it, it was a bit confusing on uh, on wikipedia from what I gather, I think episode one may be broadcast on BBC One, and episode right. two was on the CBeebies channel. Uh right, okay. I, I, I might have misread that. It was something along those lines. Um, yeah, there was a period when the BBC was doing a lot of this, like, oh, if you want to watch the episode right now, you can you can catch it on iPlayer or, like, you know, that... Like, I remember... I don't know if you recall this, Matt, because you, you were a Bush fan back in the day, weren't you? I was. I distinctly remember, pre-iPlayer, um, when the second series of The Mighty Bush was airing, you could watch the episodes a week before they were broadcast on TV mm-hmm. by watching them on the BBC's website. They had a dedicated website for it. You had to... They were using Real Player, which tells you how long ago this was. So I remember, like, making sure that my Real Player was up to date and the quality would have been, like, uh, really poor. (laughs) Like, proper pixelated. Um, But I, I, I did that. I watched every episode of that series... Um, on online first and then obviously watch the proper broadcast version when it went out on TV a week later. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 
Was it just yeah. to push the digital service? Oh, definitely. I mean, in the case of in the case of that that boost thing, I have no doubt what they were doing was testing the technology, testing the enthusiasm for it. You know, gathering data on on how many people are doing it, and it's it's no coincidence that they chose what would have been the most popular TV show for you know, your sort of 16 to 25 demographic at that time. Um, so, uh, you know, for all of those reasons that, you know, I'm sure that's why, that's what they were doing and why they were doing it. Um, but it's just really interesting to think back to that time when, like, there just was no iPlayer. Like, mm. you could technically stream video, um, but it was... It was the rarity rather, and, you know, and even things like, I mean, YouTube was around, but it was in its infancy and it was, you know, <laughs> the most popular thing was that Charlie bit my finger video. Mm. You know, it was, it was that, it was that era of, of streaming video. <laughs> um, Excuse me. The, the, the idea of anyone being a professional YouTuber back then would have been baffling. <laughs> Um, in the extreme just whilst we're talking about old comedies uh, yeah. did I tell you for Christmas I got tickets to go watch Garth Marenghi's Dark Place live oh you did mention that proper jealous yeah proper I jealous yeah I can't wait yeah right this episode written by Phil Ford yeah it was directed by Josh Agnew mm. well I think it's a new name oh, Phil, Phil Ford's definitely not Phil Ford um the one that really springs to mind for me is uh, Waters of Mars. Okay. And I believe I'm right in saying that he also co-wrote Into the Dalek. Uh, can't remember. Yeah, I could be wrong about that, but that felt, that sounds right to me. Um, yeah. Right. On you go, Matt. So, it starts with Sarah Jane and Maria looking at the night sky. Sarah Jane loves it. And mm. she says, you know, I used to look up at it and I didn't know all these things that I would see. Uh, we see a big satellite dish and it's run by two scientists, except it's not. It turns out one of them is a young girl called Lucy and the scientist is her dad. Uh, yeah. They're overseeing the radio telescope when they mm. detect something on Rigel Beta 5. Mm. Oh, so no, not again. Worth worth mentioning at the start, they, they establish quite quickly um, that Lucy's parents appear to be split up or at odds with one another, I think, certainly. Um, Lucy's mum wants her to go into chemistry. Dad wants her to go into astrophysics. Um, his dad's a bit of a knob, <laughs> to be honest. The way the way he talks about astronomy and stuff is just like, you know, he comes across very like Top Gear bloke. Yeah, let's be you know honest. I mean? We all agree, chemistry is the finest of all mm. the sciences. Yeah, but anyway, they, they the, the the script goes at great pains to establish all of this biographical information about these two. Uh, none of it is relevant <laughs> no. to the rest of the story. No, they're, they're just there for the rest of it. They are. Um, so they, they pick up on something. Uh, 
They notice it's coming to Earth. Lucy's dad goes to investigate. He disappears and she screams. And mm. I, I remember when we were doing Sarah Jane, like series one, and we thought this is as bad as it's ever going to get because it was before mm. we'd watched Torchwood. And we were like, yeah. oh, God, I hate the intro. It is not oh, so yeah. bad, is it? Like, after Torchwood, I feel like I've got, like, survivor's <laughs> guilt. Like, everything <laughs> is just that little, little bit sweeter now that I've survived Torchwood. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm still not a fan of it because it just feels so kind of, like, knockoff. Mm-hmm. To be honest, it feels like the sort of thing you'd see at the start of a fan film. Yeah. Um, and I don't say that to disrespect people who make fan films. What I say is for, for some for a show that you want to stand on its own two feet, I wish it had a more distinct visual identity than a, a credit sequence that just looks like a knockoff of, of the RTD era Doctor Who title sequence. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, following the titles then, Maria gets some post and it turns mm. out her and her dad are waiting for a letter because he might get a new job in London. Uh, yes, Luke indeed. and Clyde are playing an awful, awful computer <laughs> <game>. <laughs> Yeah, it's proper Windows 98 level graphics, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's shocking. But until, of course, we realise that, of course, they're playing it on Mr. Smith. And we've already established that Mr. Smith's OS, you know, appears to be... For, it's, for, for alien tech, it is distinctly early 1990s. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, they're like, oh, we're doing it for homework. Uh, but Sarah Jane just basically yeah. walks in the room and just goes, no, 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 I'm busy. I need to talk to Mr. Smith. Uh, yeah. And she asked them about lights reported in the sky. Yeah. Um, we cut back to Maria, whose dad did get the job, and they might have to move. Oh, yes. No. Uh, oh, so dear. Sarah Jane, now, talk me through this, David. Yeah, right? okay, I'll try. Sarah Jane says the light and the telescope are in a village. Now, is the name of that village... Goblin cock or goblin's cock? <laughs> it's goblin's cops, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Every time <laughs> I'm I heard sure it, it's it was not like, a goblin Come cock. On, get in the car. We're going to goblin cock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty. Sh- I could be mistaken. I was a couple uh, a couple of days when I watched it, but um, I'm sure it's cops. Right. I, I was you know, kind of which... half watching it, and it it sounded weird. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I was slightly disappointed because they, they gave it that name and it makes you think you're in for some sort of demon-style folk horror shenanigans. But, you know, instead we just we, we just get uh, Sontar and stomping about in the woods. But, you know, <laughs> it's all yeah, right, isn't it? They could have said it was in the same place as the demons and just, like, you know, as a little nod. Oh, but then they would have had to have actually filmed it at that location, or all the, all the forty-year-old men watching this would have been up in arms. Yeah, and to be clear, you know, there would have been a lot of forty-year-old men watching this. 
Right. Um, uh, so yeah. everyone just breaks into the uh, satellite. Yeah. You know, no respect for boundaries. We just walk straight. I in. mean, we've 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 talked about this before. Like, fifty percent of any episode of Sarah Jane Adventures is just breaking and entering. Yeah. Which, to be fair, happens a lot on Doctor Who as well. But the Doctor does it with so much swagger. Yeah, like <laughs> he adds a bit of like panache to it here. Yeah. It's just like, oh, the doors unlocked. Better go in. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> okay. So, Lucy runs into the room at this point, shouting, but faints. Uh, And when she wakes up, uh, Luke and Clyde go to look for her dad. Yeah. Uh, They don't find him, but they're being watched by a Sontaran. Sarah Jane uses her magical investigative powers to determine Maria's been a bit shifty, a bit evasive. And it turns out her dad did get the job. But he's so brilliant, they promoted him and they want him to go to America. Yeah. Because, you see, part of the reason why I'm wondering whether this is planting seeds for something, Matt, Mm -hmm. is that this seems... It seems a bit suspicious, doesn't it? That, like, he's applied for this job. They're not going to inform... You know, he's a computer programmer, right? I'm pretty yes, sure that's his, so. his gig. So, but bafflingly, they're going to let him know, not by email or phone call, but via snail mail, whether or not he's got the job. And at that point, they, they, they say to him, you know what? We don't want you to work in the London office, the thing you actually applied for. We want you to do this instead. Well, I, I mean, well, to be honest, I say that, but that is kind of how I got my current job. Oh, really? Because I interviewed for one in a different university department and they basically uh, rang me up and said, look, we fulfilled that that vacancy internally. However, one of the people who was sitting on my interview was uh, the admin head of a different department who basically said, oh, well, if you don't want him, can I have him? <laughs> and basically poached me. Um so, I mean, it can work kind of like that. But still, I don't know. The fact that it was, you know, London versus Washington, that's a huge leap. And that it's done via the post, it makes me wonder, like, you know, is there some shady alien organisation pulling strings here and putting things into place? I imagine if it links into class and it turns out it's like the Prime Minister weeping angel. Matt, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that series two of Sarah Jane Adventures does not directly tie in with oh, class, yeah, class a separate spin-off. Later, <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, imagine that if they've like tied Imagine if it, they did. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Right, um, here's a little challenge for all our listeners. I want you to watch this scene where Maria tells Sarah Jane she's moving to America. But you've got to watch it with your eyes closed and you've got to determine who's the child and who's the adult. (laughs) Sarah Jane just goes, oh, fine. Oh, fine. Everyone leaves. I guess Uh, you too. Whatever. She has a proper, proper little strop, doesn't she? Yeah. But you know what? Okay, go on. No, 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 no. go on, sorry. I was was just going to say, but you know what? 
genuinely, I like that. Because I think it's brave at any point to take your lead character and show them being petty and self-centered and unlikable in that way. You know, not just not just, you know, uh, doing doing uh, making mistakes, but doing so with noble intent or whatever. But but just straight up, just not being a, a nice person in that moment. Um, I think it's even more impressive to be doing that in the context of a children's show where your main character is is an older woman who is, for the most part, playing a maternal sort of figure. Mm-hmm. Um, so to suddenly have her kind of being selfish and petty and um, petulant is interesting. And, and obviously, doing so in the knowledge that you know, this is coming from a place of, of, of previous hurt that we as Doctor Who fans are aware of. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I appreciated it on that level. Now, it's time for the best part of Sarah Jane Adventures because Maria's mum makes an appearance. Da, 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 da. Yay. I'll tell you what, if we do get rid of Maria... I hope her mama doesn't stick around. Mm. Oh, what if, like, it turns out Maria's got a sibling that we've just not seen off screen, and her mum goes, well, David, it's time, and just has <laughs> a brother called David. Just something like that. That's uh, how I hope they, like, work around it. Uh, can I say, Matt, actually, I've never asked anyone this. We both have very common names. Mm-hmm. Do you still find it off-putting when you're watching something and there's a character with your, your first name in it? Uh, like, does yeah. it just occasionally catch you off guard? You're just like, what do they mean? Oh, no, no, they don't mean me. Well, <laughs> Clearly not. In, in, in my family, I, I yeah. get called Matthew. Like, right. It's only socially I get called Matt. So it's rare there's ever a Matthew because they always do get mm. called Matt. So it doesn't really bother me as much. Yeah. No, I do. It doesn't happen to me all the time, but just occasionally there'll be a David in something. I'm just like, oh, that's weird. Why are they called David? I was like, well, that's probably because <laughs> there's probably about a million Davids in the world. Yeah. Like, literally, probably a million at any given time. Yeah. It's like that um, episode of The Simpsons where there's a character called Homer Simpson and they make him really stupid. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh,. Luke and Clyde investigate the wood as the Sontaran approaches and everyone runs around for a bit. Luke and Clyde get lost uh, and Clyde bumps into something cloaked. Um, Sarah Jane questions Lucy and says the lights may be drones and Lucy's dad returns. Except this time, he's quite clearly possessed and evil, but nobody seems to notice that. His behaviour has entirely changed. But everyone just kind of goes, oh, he's fixing everything. It's going to be all right. <laughs> oh, I love it. That I mean, that is, I mean, to be, it's a trope that extends beyond Doctor Who, but it feels like such a Doctor Who-y trope. Mm. 
of just you have the person and suddenly they're being controlled by the evil aliens and but nobody notices i mean like i always cast my mind back to that you know in rose when mickey gets turned into plastic and oh, you know, where it's, like it's an auton replica and, he, and he's like driving like a lunatic <laughs> like and rose is completely oblivious somehow yeah yeah yeah, especially Calling when there's all this fun. stuff clearly going on, and he goes, "Nah, it was just lightning. Don't worry about it." <laughs> yeah, and he immediately excuses them from the room. He just goes, "It was lightning. Yeah. Please leave." <laughs> yeah. Um. So they're su- suspicious. Uh, Luke and Clyde show Maria and Sarah Jane the cloak thing, and the sonic lipstick that I forgot how much I hate. Reveals oh, it's a Sontaran space pod. I was really, really hoping that they were going to quietly drop the Sonic lipstick mm. after Series 1. You know, I would have forgiven it, to be honest, Series 1, if they'd, they'd looked at it and thought, you know what, we were trying a little too hard to make her like the Doctor. We see that now. We'll make her our own character. She doesn't need it. But no. <laughs> they stuck with it. Great. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, Sarah Jane wants to call Unit and I, I was like oh man this is before Unit was destroyed but then Unit's back now I can't keep up oh yeah who cares with Unit like, uh, they'll be around if you need them to be for story reasons uh, so... I, I mean I was disappointed that we didn't get any Unit you know they dropped that reference and I was like oh great it'd be nice to have a, have a couple of Units uh, folks stomping about the place, but yeah. not the direction this ultimately goes in. So, and go on, <laughs> so, so I'm just going to check. So, this is the moment that, that Sarah Jane has has discovered that it's a Sontar, isn't it? It is. Yeah, we're introduced so, to Commander Carr. So, bit of context. Sarah Jane's first story is a story called The Time Warrior. It also happens to be the first appearance of the Sontarans. Oh, wow. And um, in addition, it is a story in which a lone Sontaran crash lands their vehicle in a fairly remote part of England and starts wreaking a bit of havoc. So I, I have to assume that Phil Ford is fully aware of the links between this story of the Time Warrior. Right. And it's all fairly intentional. So it's a bit of a homage type thing. Yeah. The the main difference is Time Warrior, Warrior is historical. So um, in that one, the the, uh, the Sontarans crashed in medieval England and he's basically sauntering around a castle and the surrounding forests. But, you know, you've got a remote location with surrounding forests. You've got a lone Sontaran. Um, and Sarah Jane, it's just like very, very strong connections between the two. Right. So, yeah. Uh, question. How can they yeah. understand what this Sontaran's saying without the TARDIS matrix? It didn't bother me the... at all through series one, but now I was just mm. like, hmm. I would assume, I'm going to suggest 
th- this Sontaran, and to be clear, this is pure headcanon, but this Sontaran was originally part of the squadron who were charged with, with the, the Atmos project as part of the invasion of Earth. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Big part of that was communicating with human agents on Earth. And, you know, prior to the Doctor's entry into that story, the Sontarans were already in contact with that, you know, that, like, mini Zuckerberg guy. Forget, forget the character's name. Um, so I think they, they, they already have some kind of universal translator technology or something of that ilk that allows them to communicate with humans. And ultimately this Sontaran wants to be understood by his enemies. So he's going to make use of that technology. That's my headcanon for you. Right. Wow. You happy with that? It's not going to work every week. I'll (laughs) take it. I'll take it. Right. So he takes them as his prisoners, but they run away immediately. Mm. Uh, Lucy's dad has been using the computer non-stop because he has a neural control implant. Yeah. You think that's the reason he's not just gotten gotten addicted to Civ 2 or something? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean... We've all been Cause, We've all been Yeah, the, the hours I sank into that game. Uh, so Clyde notices that Lucy's missing, so Carr reappears. Luke and Maria find a hatch to break into the telescope, and Sarah Jane lectures Carr about her previous meetings with the Sontaran. Mm. Um, and I liked this bit, because quite often this doesn't happen in any of these shows. She just politely asks him what's going on. Like, what, what, what are you doing? Like, what is the end game here? And he responds in kind and just tells her. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a Moffat one, but I can't remember whether it's... Um, I can't picture whether it's Matt Smith or Peter Capaldi uh, or which episode it is, it, uh, where the Doctor says, tell me the whole plan! And they don't. And he just says, one day that'll work. So he's the last um, Sontaran yeah. after the Doctor wiped them all out in the poison sky. So when they brought yeah. that moss to Earth. And, yeah. You know, so And like I, I say, this really was a pleasant surprise for me. I wasn't expect, expecting such a direct connection. Yeah, nice tie-in. So yeah. he was going back to the Sontaran mothership that the Doctor blew up. So yeah. he crashed back on Earth, repaired his ship and planned his revenge. He's going to yeah. crash all the satellites that orbit the Earth into the Earth. And they have 45 minutes. And when everyone's like, oh no, what are we going to do? He just shoots Sarah Jane. <laughs> the yeah. end of episode one. Now, if I'm being honest, my biggest criticism of this story would be that we immediately jump to uh, averting a global apocalypse. Because up until that point, it has been pleasingly small scale. And, you know, if I'm going to compare it to the Time Warrior, which I think is fair, given the amount of connections between the two. In the Time Warrior, the the stranded Sontaran is just basically uh, trading super advanced weapons 
to the the ne'er do wells in the castle, uh, in in exchange for help with and uh, technology that he needs to repair his ship and get off planet and back to the war. You know, not interested in in, in conquering Earth. Um, and so it's pleasingly small scale, and and with this, you know, we've got a, we've got a. I kind of liked that it was just a handful of people in in a in a rundown little radio telescope building and 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 and, and, and a sparse bit of forest, and that's yeah. basically it. Um, so. It, it it was a it, I did sigh a little bit when we had the countdown clock and the big visual of all of the, you know the like the scan of the globe with all of the the satellites, primed to crash into it. I was just a bit like, oh, do we have to do this? Can we not just have one Sontar and being a dickhead? Well, they all are, David, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if you excuse my prejudices. You know, yeah. you know me, I'm Rutan through and through. Okay, yes, indeed. so, episode two, we have this dramatic scene where Sarah Jane's been shot. It's alright, she's alive. She's just a prize, <laughs> he wants to take that to Sontar. Yeah, uh, so handy. Clyde runs into an air vent with Luke and Maria, and Carr mm. chases them. Um, I'll read this next line verbatim. Yep. We reach a dead end, but it's just a door for dramatic effect. Uh, yeah. So they get out the door. Now, David, you are, I, I would say, a student of comedy. I am. You know, like, it, it, it's one thing we talk about probably more than anything. So yeah. you've escaped. You've closed the door behind yeah. you. The Sontaran's trapped. Please explain this joke to me. And that is a toad in the hole. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I was thinking about right. it. I was just like, so for for our international listeners, toad in the yeah. hole is a British dish where you make yeah. a Yorkshire pudding with a sausage in it. The sausage is looks like a little toad in a hole. That's why it's called. Yeah. Well, I mean, does it look like a toad? It looks like a sausage, doesn't it? Let's be yeah, honest. It looks like a sausage in a Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> But yeah. they've, they've spent the whole first episode calling him Spud and making potato yeah. jokes. And because now it, it's, that's just, what you do with Sontarans. jokes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's too much of a reach, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that's going to be my new catchphrase. Uh, instead of, and that's the power of the Doctor. <laughs> and that, and ladies and gentlemen, is a toad in the heart. A toad in the heart. Okay. Yeah, truly baffling like. So Sarah Jane wakes up, locked in a room with Lucy. She no longer has the sonic lipstick. It's been confiscated. Uh, Maria's mum, uh, her partner Ivan, has a great new car. And there's mm. this whole scene, and I've boiled it down to just one shot sentence, if you excuse me, David. Maria's dad is a great man and an even better father. Yeah. David, I always do the right thing and I do it for my daughter. Yeah, yeah. What, I mean... What a guy. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I... 
it's easy to be cynical about a line like that, but but honestly, you know, when I think about the the hours I pour into work every week, I'm not doing it because I really, really love university administration. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not I'm not following my passion. <laughs> I enjoy dicking around in a spreadsheet every now and then, but you know, eight hours a day. <laughs> Um, but it's it's why it's why so many people do do the work they do. Unless you are one of those uh, fortunate people for whom your passion and your work do contain a bit of overlap. And to be honest, I, I sometimes wonder whether that, in effect, all that really does is just just ruin your hobbies <laughs> rather than make your working life happier. Um, but for the rest of us. You know why do we work? It's it's to protect ourselves and the people we love. So it's disposable income. Yeah. So yeah. I can buy I mean, toys. Yeah. Not, not nice if you can if you can spare it. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yes. Um, Sarah uh, Jane and Lucy are trying to build a jamming device, and at this moment, Lucy inconveniently becomes rubbish at science. Whole first episode, oh. she's great at science. All of a sudden, she's like, "Yeah, what? What a jam a jammer to like a radio signal? What?" Um, so Maria calls her dad, who goes to see Mister Smith, and he like awkwardly goes, "Mister Smith, I need you." Like, yeah. Uh, I tell you what, Sarah Jane. I mean, un- unfortunately, we know that Elizabeth Sladen passed away. Yeah. She, she'd fucking love an Alexa, wouldn't she? Oh, she would. She would. Yeah. She'd be talking to Siri. In fact, David, I'm going off on a tangent here. Over the Christmas yeah. period, I watched one of the worst films I've ever seen. Okay? Oh, what's that? If, you, if you're tempted on Amazon Prime and you think, I want to watch an awful film, just the worst, watch a film called Jexy. Mm. Jexy? Yeah, it's where a man buys a new phone and Siri is evil. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so he does like naughty things and like this guy's oh. like, oh, maybe I need to learn to love the world and live without my phone. And that's the moral of the story. Boo. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yeah, that, that does I, sound bad. Yeah. I, I, think on, I think on Letterboxd, I think I gave it half a star. I tell you, um, it, whilst we're doing film recommendation tangents, can I say, um, since we last spoke, I have watched uh, Disney's Strange World. Oh, I've also uh, twice watched with little Zorbs. It is brilliant. I um, I liked it, but I didn't like the weird left turn the story takes right at the very end. Oh, no, I adored it. I adored it. I I did turn to my partner after the first time we watched it and said, you know, it was really nice of Disney to spend millions of dollars making a film that's basically just for me. (laughs) Because, I mean, all of the elements of it, the sort of style of uh, science fantasy the um the environmental messaging the and gen- general sort of uh progressive nature of it um the humor i just I, and just 
that real sort of Jules Verne adventure pulpiness to it. Ah, yeah. It was just... It could not have been more in my wheelhouse. See, I thought it was okay. It's loads better than Lightyear. But um, at the end of last year, since we've last recorded, I yeah. got a message out on Twitter, just like going, what is the best film everyone's watched this year? Yeah. Uh, and a lot of them I'd seen, but I got a recommendation from, I think I'm right in saying it was from Mike McLean, Hall of Famer, Marie Boudreau. Mm-hmm told me to watch everything everywhere all at once oh my god david it's a great film oh i really want to watch it i've I've studiously avoided spoilers all i'm aware of is that you know it has some science fiction element and and it's got a great reputation and that's it the amount of hype around it i know i want to watch it It, as far as i'm aware it's not on any streaming services that i have unfortunately um i think i maybe just need to rent it at some point yeah, I don't have Amazon Prime, unfortunately. Uh, so I'll give you my login. It, it's great. Yeah. Now, I, I think I think when, when the opportunity strikes, I might just pony up the sort of three quid or whatever to rent it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I am very keen to watch that one. Yeah, I, I will say it has overall been a bit of an underwhelming year for films 2022. Yeah, like... I maintain the best film I saw last year was Jackass Forever. Mm. Which sounds stupid, but I was just in the right mood when I saw it at the cinema. Context counts for an awful lot with these things. And I I simply had a similar issue with um, uh, new album releases. I listened, you know, as every year, I, I, I listened to probably 50 or 60 new albums over the course of the year. Very, there were a lot of like an awful lot, like probably a higher proportion than average of, of sort of like seven out of ten. Yeah, this is pretty good. You know, not many tracks I'd skip on this one. That level kind of albums. But there wasn't really any that truly blew me away. No, I'm just looking at my like downloaded music. I think the only album yeah. I downloaded last year that was released last year was Midnight's by Taylor Swift. I yeah. downloaded a lot of They Might Be Giants, but none of that from like the last ten years. Yeah, um, oh, I mean, can't go wrong with a bit of They Might Be Giants, but uh, for, for what it's worth, my, my recommendations list is <laughs> my two favourite albums of the year uh, are probably uh, Turf Ascension by Bubble Math and uh, Conundrum by Verbal Delirium. So feel free to check those out. David, are you okay? That that sandwich is causing you to speak in tongues. <laughs> right, uh, where are we up to? Hold on, right. Mr Smith tells everyone about the probic vent. I mean, I knew that. Why aren't these dum-dums? Mm. Uh, so Maria's mum walks in and is like, what is going on? Uh, so her dad just tells them they're just all playing LARPing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but then he tells her the truth. All the kids got the Sontaran ship to use his science lab so Luke can make some knockout gas. Yeah. Uh, Carl learns immediately that they're there and Sarah Jane has successfully made her jammer. Uh, Maria looks at some photos where I think the resolution's a bit high for phones of that time. 
crystal clear pictures on like some mm. folding old Nokia. Yeah, it's a little suspicious, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but then she tells Luke about America. Uh, Clyde draws Carr into a chase and they have a little runabout. And yeah. Sarah Jane and Lucy escape, letting Clyde back into the bunker. Yeah. Uh, Luke makes the knockout gas. Although, yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe he's better at chemistry than me, but all it looked like was he just mixed three different coloured liquids together. <laughs> Did look a lot like that, didn't it? Yeah, this is like New Earth all over again, isn't it? Where all the drugs mm-hmm. were just bags of water. Yeah. Um, so Sarah Jane ultimately says, look, it, it, as a backup, why don't we just go like push the satellite dish out the way? So like it's just beaming its transmission out the way to nobody. Uh, Maria's uh, mum and dad arrive and the Sontaran drones start hunting Maria and Luke. Ultimately, they all meet up inside the big satellite dish and Luke does some top draw hacking. Yes. I I think one thing I liked about this episode Mm. is whilst he's still super smart, they have stopped Luke not getting references. They've just made him a bit clever. Yeah, like, I mean, at the end of the day, he has been on Earth, you know, been a conscious being for what, you know, a solid year or so at this point. You know, at a certain point, you are just going to pick stuff up, aren't you? So he he was less annoying in this episode than than, than all of last series, for sure. Uh, Lucy's... Go on, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, though, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't... I wasn't thrilled with the whole, like, oh, I know why you can't crack the code. It's because Sontarans only have six fingers. Like, I don't think the reason we have the decimal system is because we have ten fingers. Mm. I could be mistaken about that. But I don't think that's the reason. No. Uh, right. So, where are we? Lucy's dad attacks Clyde, and Carr mm. speaks to Maria, saying, I've anticipated your plan. Yeah. yeah, Luke realises Sontarans can only count to six and immediately disables the programme. Ah, uh, sorry, I, I assumed that we'd already done that bit, but yeah. No, it's fine. Uh, yeah. Carr just decides he's going to shoot everyone. He's, lo- he's lost his yeah. mind at this point. Um, so yeah. it turns out, though, he's got another double agent because Lucy's also under his control. So she restarts oh, all his plan. Uh, Who saw that coming, eh? Now, Maria's mum arrives and hits Carr with a stiletto. She's got designer shoes she's taken off when she's running through the Mm -hmm. mud. And she hits him exactly on his vent. Yeah. Uh, And then I wasn't comfortable with this next bit of the story. Uh, Because of that, uh, Maria's mum gets knocked to the floor. And basically, Maria goes, why don't we just roofie her with this knockout gas, take her home and pretend it's happened? Yeah, yeah. And, like... Just sort of gaslighter, yeah. Into thinking none of this is real, and and it's like his her dad is just like, oh yeah, no, it's better that she doesn't know. Like, why? Why? Why are we just going to take your word on this? It basically feels like they're saying Maria's mum is too thick to know about aliens. Yeah, it really does feel that way. That it's safer for all concerned. She's th- that colossally stupid that we're be- despite her b- 
being the one who actually saved the day in this instance, yeah. it's better that she doesn't know. Right. Um, yeah. So Lucy's dad is back to normal now, and Sarah Jane mm-hmm. exiles Car from Earth. Yeah. Um, everyone just lies to Maria's mum about what happened. And yeah. Maria begins encouraging her dad to take the job. We get a little jump forward, six weeks, and no Sontaran's energy signals are detected. But Maria's there to take one last look at the attic. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Jane agrees to visit and apologises for her earlier reaction. Now... Yeah, about time. This, this is the one bit that really soured things for me. Okay. She says to Maria... You're the daughter I always wanted. Luke is not your son. Maria is not your daughter. Somebody needs to stop this lady. Okay? Like, yeah. if, if that was going on, what? where's the safeguarding in this community? There, there's none. There's none to be found, is there? Now, go to the police. That's what I do. Yeah. Okay? So everyone says their goodbyes. Mm -hmm. And Sarah Jane misunderstands basic astronomy. Because she goes, if you look up at the sky, you're all looking up. No, they're the other side of the world. It'll be daytime. Like, that's not how it works, (laughs) Sarah Jane. What if they were in the southern hemisphere? And also, yeah, yeah. If they're in the southern hemisphere, then no, they will be looking at different stars to you. Yeah, she doesn't get it. Yeah. But then hey, again, hey. that's a woman who thinks everyone's her her offspring, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, well. But anyway, I mean, yeah, as we said, it's hard to say whether they're setting up a story arc with Maria and her, and her family or whether this is just it. It feels... It felt oddly final, didn't it? Yeah, like I say, this like, felt more like an ending than a beginning. Yeah, it it really did. But at least so, Maria's safe. She's on an entirely different landmass to Sarah Jane now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Small mercies. We've still got Luke and Clyde to worry about. But... Like, where is Clyde's family? Does he have a family? We've never <laughs> met them, have we? No, we did see a boy have another family, but it turned out they were just all thingy, all, uh, what are they called? Not Sycorax. Slitheen. That's it, Slitheen. Yeah. That's the only other family we've seen. And Sarah Jane wrecked them as well. (laughs) She did. Just slaughtered them. (laughs) More or less merciless. Where where does it Um, end? Where does it end with Sarah Jane? Uh, yeah. Well, we'll find out, won't we? We'll get one step closer anyway next week when we will be discussing, oh, you know, I told, I sort of looked askance at your lack of preparedness earlier. I have not looked up the next story. I'll be honest, Matt. I used to very much coast on basically already having memorised the uh, episode list for every series of New Who. 
But I do not have that luxury with Sarah Jane. Okay, well, the next episode. So we've just done The Last of Tyrant. So after this... We have. It's uh, Sarah Jane Goes to Jail. Uh, <laughs> for child trafficking. Uh, no, the next one's called The Day of the Clown. The Day of the Clown, eh? Mm. Think we're going to be getting some spooky clowns? Almost certainly. Almost yeah. certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it'll be better or worse than this story? I don't know. Should we track it like that for this series? Yeah. And see we can if we try. can work out the yeah. best episode of this series. Yeah. I think it's going to be better. Because I think this episode had a bit of heavy lifting to do with getting rid of Maria. Mm-hmm. So I think the next episode might have a bit of a fe- fresher feeling to it. Let me so, just look. Uh, I was just going to see if there were any ratings for this episode on yeah. its Wikipedia, but it's too long and I can't read it. I thought there'd just be one of those little five-star table things. Never mind. Oh, no. Matter. no. There's, there, there will be an overabundance of information on Wikipedia. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, um that about does it then for for this uh, for this episode. So until next time, couple of weeks hence, listeners. Yeah, still getting used to the new schedule. Um, do join us when we will be discussing. Um, what do you say it was? Uh, something of the clown. The day of the clown. The day of the clown. Yes, that's what we're talking about. But until then, as always, thanks ever so much for listening. Until next time, cheerio. And that's the toad in the hole. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.